This episode was recorded in the late winter of 2020, so it's refreshingly free of the C word. You know, COVID. This is episode one of Frisky North of 60. I'm your host, Karen McCall, and I'm joined by co-host... Jordan Patrick. Jordan Patrick. Jordan and I are doing a podcast about dating in the North. Yeah, episode one, finally. (laughs) Yeah. So today, this episode is about me. This episode is indeed all about Jordan. We're going to get to know him a little bit better and also hear about some of his experiences dating in the Yukon as sort of a dating in the Yukon introduction, say. But before we get to that, I'd like to tell you a little bit about Frisky North of 60. On this show, we'll bring you stories that shed a light on the quirky, comical, and sometimes strange side of dating north of the 60th parallel. From finding love on a canoe trip to going on dates with hunters and hipsters and navigating the interconnectedness of dating up here. You'll hear all that and more on Frisky. If you have a story to share or an idea for an episode, get in touch. Email us, Frisky north of 60 at gmail.com that's frisky north of 60 at gmail.com or you can find us on social media okay back to the show so today um you're going to be in the hot seat and i get to ask you whatever i want basically and we are going to learn more about you and dating in the north shaking in my boots this seat is hot <laughs> yeah you're, you're you're looking a little bit flushed your skin tone is matching your Ginger hair. (laughs) And the ginger beard while it's still there, you know, it's keeping all the heat in as we move from winter to spring. Yes, exactly. Uh, So Jordan, there's a lot of questions I want to ask you, but the first one is um, there's, you're, you're kind of going viral right now. There's (laughs) a a video of you playing the bagpipes outside your cabin in the woods uh, outside Whitehorse, Yukon, with your friend Gurdeep, uh, who is Bangra dancing. Do you want to tell us a bit about how that came about? Yeah, sure. Um, Gurdeep lives just down the road, about 12 paces from where I live. Um, the two of us knew each other before he became my neighbor. Uh, he's invited me to collaborate with him before on different music projects related to his dance. And I'm a musician. I play in a band, but I also play, I play in several bands, but uh, other than the rock band, I play with the pipe and drum band, uh, the, the Midnight Sun pipe and drum band to be exact. And, uh, you know, I have a, I have a couple kilts and one day Gurdeep asked me, he'd been bugging me for a little while, like, Hey, do you want to do like a one minute tin, uh, t- not Tinder, Twitter, <laughs> other app, um, uh, video because he's been doing these shorts and uh, I was like sure so one Saturday morning I just head over and played a couple jigs with him while he recorded with his drones and next thing you know it's like gone viral on Twitter and then we got CBC wanting to do interviews and and then video interview and then some writer wanting to do a book and so interviewing the two of us and now we recently we did another video where They've asked us to play O Canada and they're going to mix it with other musicians across Canada to do like a simultaneous O Canada thing. Wow. And so, yeah, no, it's, it's really been, um, it's really fun. Whenever you do something with Gurdeep, you don't know 
how famous it's going to make you. It's the, the odds are in in the favor of becoming a little obscenely famous. He, yeah, he uh, he does have a quite the social media presence, and I just every yeah every time I go on Twitter, I keep seeing um, iterations of of this video and. Actually, a travel writer retweeted it today, and she said, "Only she said um, bagpipes in Bangra, only in the Yukon." And then I was like, "I mean, I was like, it's a cool video, but I was like, only in the Yukon." I'm like, "There's not actually like nothing Yukon about this, but maybe, maybe <laughs> only in the Yukon is more like that we do or crazy things up here, like mm. you I- know, or people are creative." Yeah, no, one of my bands, like we, we change our band name every year. We just have this thing. It's almost a tradition now. But one of our early band names was called Northern Allowance, which was like a dual entendre between like double meaning between um, just what you describe. There tends to be sort of an allowance to be a little quirky, a little bit, you know, and that, that's really welcome and supported here. Mm-hmm. Where I mean, I mean, I feel like in general anywhere, although like I lived and grew up in Ottawa and it's generally pretty conservative there. So there's just less interest for people could express themselves there, which is why I always went to Montreal on the weekends. But um, yeah, and that, that and, you know, Northern Allowance also refers to like the tax breaks we get here. So, you know, there'd be a couple of counts in the audience. You'd be like, <laughs> you know, like when they, yeah. <laughs> cheesy right. joke you're but. teaching us so much about the north already so uh you just mentioned ottawa so let's uh go back to um where you grew up and what you what brought you to the yukon yeah so i was born in capscasing ontario which is northern ontario and moved to ottawa when i was about six or seven and uh grew up there most of my like you know as a teenager and then went to ottawa U. Um, and then I couldn't wait to get out of there. And so I went and taught in Japan for a couple of years, uh, learned a lot about the world and culture and flying away from the bird's nest. And so it was an amazing experience. And then, um, then moved to Vancouver for a couple of years. And although I enjoy that city and the beaches there and the general ambiance, um, it's a really busy city. Like I wanted I, having taught in rural Japan, I just realized like I love these small town communities. I like I like running into people I know. Not maybe not every time I go out, but most of the time, you know, it's a nice feeling to be recognized and recognize others and just stop, you know, in your day and take a, a few minutes to just slow down and be like, hey, and connect with someone. Um, and I got that in Japan, but I, I was like, after moving up to Whitehorse, just like fell in love with that aspect all over again and what, knew this was the right place for me. What made you do the, uh, the leap from Vancouver to Whitehorse? Um, I was, uh, I was teaching there and we went on strike and it was my first year of teaching. This is in Vancouver. This is in Vancouver. Yeah. I was teaching in West Vancouver and no end in sight um, with the strike. And I didn't know, like, even though I was offered a very, like, you know, first year at a university full-time job. And then the, like that summer, they offered me a permanency, which was like a golden ticket, but I couldn't see myself living in West Van and being happy. There was just too many people and the lifestyle just didn't suit me. Um, I had another option to go teach on Flores Island, which is like a water taxi from Tofino on Vancouver Island, Um, super remote and a dry First Nation community. But I feel like I've already kind of had that experience like in rural Japan, you know, 
um, being amongst a different culture and isolated. Um, so uh, once I took a look at what teachers learn up in the Yukon, I, you know, it was like a no brainer, like here I am student, like steeping in student debt and didn't know if I'd be able to get through the summer, you know, without a salary. So yeah, it was partly monetary that brought me up here, but I came here a year before that. And for three weeks in the summer, I did a week at the school I work at. Um, I did a week at a daycare where I learned a heck of a lot in a short period of time, let alone how to change a diaper. And, uh, <laughs> and then I did a week working for the Francophone Association and it was mostly like just throwing their Fête Saint-Jean, a Baptist festival, which, you know, the Francophone community for me was actually a big part of what made me feel like welcome and belonging here. Cause they just invited me to all their parties and I met some amazing people and, um, and yeah, you know, I mean, I've met people from, it's such a diverse city, White Horse, to be honest, like there's like a bit of everything here. Um, well, um, you, yeah, you've already mentioned a few different cultures and things. And um, so you're, you've, you've dated in uh, many different places. And I know at one point you mentioned to me something about uh, speed dating in Japan. Do we have time for that story or oh. does that story have to be safe for another time? <laughs> that is one of my favorite stories to tell. Um, okay, here goes. So um, I was living in rural Japan and, you know, generally feeling a little cut off and lonely. I didn't have a lot of friends um, that spoke English and I was learning Japanese very quickly, which was amazing, but I only knew people in the cities. And, you know, a few months in, I started to feel lonely. You know, I, uh, I got out of a relationship before I left Ottawa and was still a little heartbroken. So licking my wounds, but wow, amazing experience, Japan, everything's new, everything's challenging. Um, I go to Nagoya and speed dating there. It was just in this like university building hall and they had all these tables set up with two chairs and all, all the women were se seated and they give you a piece of paper with like uh, two circles and you check off yes or no. And then there's like, so I, and they give you three minutes. So, and then you hear a ding and you move on to the next person. And I was totally unprepared by person three. I was realizing I was just barely getting through a brief introduction and like, you know, saying a joke, making someone laugh before it was ding, next person. I'm like, oh, I got to start taking notes here. So right. I started write down, okay, like oh, really young, oh, really old, uh, bad teeth, uh, you know, whatever I could try to remember someone by. Like, And, and you wait, get, was your first question, do you speak English or were you just mustering it out in J Japanese? It was a bit of both. You could tell right away. Some people were like, had a bit of English, wanted to practice Um you know, me, I was just flexing my Japanese muscles and, you know, <laughs> I quickly realized halfway through, well, no, that's not quickly. Like halfway through, I'm like, oh no, I got to catch my last train to get back to middle of nowhere, Japan, or I'm screwed because I have to work tomorrow morning. So like I I'm running out the door and the, the guy's like, oh, your sheet, your sheet, the organizer. And I'm just like, oh, I just checked yes to everybody, <laughs> gave him the sheet and ran out the door to catch my train. Long story short, because there's several parts of this story. I, I make it really late to work next day. There is like a motorcycle accident that I didn't cause, but the principal thought I did. And that, you know, was like sending me home pretty much and berating me. And then it was just mistranslation, you know, lost in something was lost in translation. 
Um, and it was like, oh, okay, it's fine. You didn't hit him or anything. So, you know, the guy just fell off his bike and was in shock and had to stay with him for a while. So, uh, I make it and I'd say about a week or two later, I started getting emails, but I had no idea who these people were. I couldn't just ask him for photos. And so I went on like a series of blind dates with like women in their early twenties, ranging to their fifties. <laughs> Because they'd all checked yes on you. <laughs> well, yeah. The idea is kind of like Tinder, right? If you swipe <laughs> yeah, right and they swipe right, swipe you, right, you're connected. So I had, so I'm like, you know, I, 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 none of them were comfortable sending me a photo and I felt kind of like a douche. Like, so I was like, whatever, this is an excuse for me to get out of the village in the weekend. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I went on some amazing dates to castles and like to yakiniku and sushi, 10, you know, those like sushi conveyor belt kind of mm-hmm. places and like met women who were, you know, older and they were married and were like, yes, my husband's in Tokyo. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. Oh, it's okay. He has someone there too. And I'm like, I don't want to get involved <laughs> in some kind of weird love square or triangle or whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever shape that is. Not into this. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's my speeding experience in Japan. That's great. Uh, fast forward to the Yukon. Um, we're going to dive into this more, but, uh, what's, what's your, you've been here how long now? Five, six years? Yeah. Okay. So what's your general impression of dating in the Yukon? Like how does it compare to other places or how is it different? Hmm. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that it's um, very transient. So people come and people go. Um, you know, sometimes people come for a year um, and they leave and then they end up coming back and staying for a lifetime. But my experience of dating has been, you know, um, I've dated different people who've come and then left. And, you know, that just makes it difficult to have a relationship. They'll go, they'll continue on when they're not physically present. Um yeah, so there's a lot of that. So there's always new people coming in, especially in the summer. And so there's like this huge influx of new people to meet. So if you happen to be single, you know, you meet a bunch of cool people, but you end up trying to spend time trying to convince them to stay has been my experience. I mean, I, I, I'm totally accepting of that, you know, in the relationships I've had and just understand that's the way it is. But, um, you know... It, the other side of dating in, in white horse in the North anyway, is that there's this kind of year round limited pool. Like people have dated people, you know, or, you know, like, and it's hard to ignore what people say about, Oh yeah. You know, my friend dated that person. No, no. Like you shouldn't go for that. And it's like, I want to give people a fair chance, but people tell you anyways, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you just show up somewhere, with someone on a date, like guaranteed, you know, someone who's going to be in the establishment or they'll know someone there that's in the establishment and all this like gossip, small town kind of stuff happens. So, you know, that could be a little frustrating. Both could be a little frustrating sometimes, but that's kind of my take on it. We talked about this uh, before because you and I, after one recording went for dinner um, at the Dirty Northern, which is a pub in downtown Whitehorse where they have cheap pizza every Monday. So it's sort of one of those places you go when, you know, there's sort of a regular crowd there. We walk in and first thing is you saw a couple of your coworkers and, um, I could tell you were doing like damage control. Like you wanted them to know, like, this is not a date. This is strictly professional. Like you didn't want rumors starting. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was exactly it. You know, they're sitting behind us and here we are talking about dating as a topic. And they were giving me those like knowing smiles, like welcoming me to the fold, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. nice of them. They weren't giving me cat eye. That's oh. that's good. People like gossip, especially <laughs> elementary teachers. <laughs> but they weren't possessive. They weren't like uh, they weren't like our hands Jordan. off our Jordan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So you should see them at a bowling alley. Oh yeah. Yeah, when we have a staff party, it's like get out the claws. Get out the claws. <laughs> gets gets feisty. Not over me. <laughs> that's I just, awesome. I just just in general. Um. So. I guess let's talk about some of the um, like sort of like cliche northern dating experiences you've had. Like sort of the things people know about the Yukon is we've got this like endless, these endless summer nights, you know, the midnight sun. And then we've also got these long, dark, cold winters. So do you have a a story about either of those things you want to share? Absolutely. Yeah. Which one do you want to hear first? Let's hear like the bad one first and then the good one after <laughs> or like the happy ending or they, yeah. <laughs> what if they're both sad and bad? <laughs> well, then we'll end on a happy note with something else. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, the first one that came to mind was um, there's this beautiful area, like 20 minute drive from downtown Whitehorse called Fish Lake. And uh, I brought up someone I was dating visiting me from Scotland, actually. Oh, that's a great place to take someone to fish lake like it's yeah beautiful not yeah. to scotland <laughs> yeah, yeah no, 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 just no. rains all the time yeah. there <laughs> and their whiskey's terrible <laughs> that's yeah, a the, joke the pipe that's band, a, yeah, probably that's a, joke. a joke for people Disclaimer. who drink whiskey <laughs> yeah uh, the, 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 <laughs> the pipe band head. has already disowned me oh. um <laughs> so i i bring i bring her up to fish lake um in my like previously owned honda civic and it's fussy at the best of times. And, you know, we get up there. It's really cold. Okay, so this is winter. This is winter. Okay. Dead of winter. Okay. We're talking, like, actually, that particular year over the Christmas break, we just got this crazy cold spell. It was, like, minus 40, minus 45. And up there, it was five degrees colder. So I don't know how cold it was, but it was really cold. My car was having a hard time pumping out the heat. And, you know, even leaving the car running, it would only pump out eat if I was driving the thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, if it, it, it was Good just... excuse to cuddle. Oh, well, <laughs> I tried. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, we ended up arguing most of the way down. Like, we've been d- seeing each other for a while. So, no northern lights. Okay. So, you went up at night? Went up at night. Okay. So, in the... Like, what time What time was it? Because it gets dark here. Like, around Christmas, yeah. it'd be dark by like 4, 4 right? Yeah. Yeah. 4 <laughs> I was PM. up there at 4 p.m. Actually, it was quite late. I was up there uh, after midnight. Okay. And, you know, Fish Lake, just to give you a mental image of it, it's, uh, it's just like this... There's this parking lot that, like, drives out kind of like... Um, I don't know what you call them, but like... Not a pier, but like a spit or whatever just like this like a causeway almost yeah Yeah. like a bit of land that kind of comes out um and and it just like you you look out and you're just surrounded by mountains there's this beautiful lake there's a hike that brings you up to the alpine um gorgeous like you know in the fall it's just like splashes of orange and yellow and red and it's really beautiful and in the winter it's usually a really great spot to catch the northern lights you know the pink and blues and greens well there was nothing it was cloudy barely stars out and so we're both kind of grumpy and fighting about something and then my car slid and hit a snowbank 
Okay, and so this is, you're driving back down now. You've had like this failed Northern Lights experience. Okay, so then heading back down this gravel, windy road late at night. Yeah, no, snowy. No, not even gravel. Oh, right, of course. And uh, just slide into a snowbank. And like, yeah, anyway, we get stuck there. And I'm, I don't really have the proper stuff to get us out. Like, um, I have some basic stuff. But what I like some some soil and whatnot. Um, I didn't have a shovel when this, you know, mm-hmm. learned my lesson. I had an axe though, so here I am chipping away at the snow buried underneath my car. You know, trying to get the grip to to get it to come out. No luck. Getting cold. My cell phone's about to die. My car is like heat, like temperature gauge is just just all the way up. You know, it's just like you've done something in the engine, boy. So, you know, we're both freaking out, but I'm just keeping my calm. Like, I got this, I got this. And just my luck, like a couple of dudes come rolling down in their car and they come out of it. Um, like I waved them down. They were going to drive by. I waved them down. They were just a couple like, you know, teenagers, red eyed, probably went up the smoke a joint and they, uh, and they're, I'm like, Hey, can you guys help me? And they bust out these like orange fluorescent orange plastic kind of like snowshoe Sorry. It's fine. That was my go to bed alarm. Okay. Uh, back to the, okay. Plastic orange snowshoes. So yeah, these guys come out of the car, red eyed, looking like they just smoked a joint with, and they, they bust out these like fluorescent orange plastic things that look like snowshoes and they, they stick it on my car and bloop, bloop, like out we go. And so relieved, um, needless, like we made up by the end of it, but that was kind of like a bummer day. We were both getting really cold and worried if we would freeze to death. Right. And that's the kind of experience that could maybe either like bring you closer or sort of like make you <laughs> never want to see each other again. I'm sure she tells people this story. <laughs> maybe she's done a podcast in Scotland. <laughs> you know what though? Like usually those bad experiences make the best story, right? Like people in Scotland would be like, what the heck? Also like what is minus 40? <laughs> um, Okay, so then on the flip side, um, a, a midnight sun date. Yeah, this one. Okay, I I don't know how successful this uh, this date was. Maybe you could tell me what you think by the end. But um, Gray Mountain is a is one of the mountains that overlooks uh, White Horse. And it's gray because it's just covered with these big gray granite rocks. And except in the winter when it's covered in snow. Well, this was in the summer. I think it's limestone. Okay. Okay. Either Thank way. You. No, no. Hey, I mean, my <laughs> rock climbing friends and geologist friends <laughs> would be like, Jordan, there. Yeah. Jordan. Yes. I haven't been to the cave. <laughs> no, I haven't either. Hidden that would gem. be a good date spot. Actually. That'd be a good, we'll in, come back that'd to be that. a good podcast oh, recording location. Yeah. The acoustics oh, yeah. in there. True. Yeah. 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 Okay. Super cool. Anyway, musician to me. So Gray Mountain. There's this um, like kind of dirt trail that goes, um, dirt road that goes, winds around it, goes behind the mountain where there's a place called Cantley Lake. And I got the bright idea to bring the woman I was dating at the time. Um, and it had been about a month, I think, or two we'd been together. So we knew each other well. But I call this like the limit test uh, date because I did it unintentionally. I just thought, Hey, I've been there before with a friend and it wasn't that bad mountain biking there and back, but you know, we brought backpacks full of camping gear. Mm -hmm. Most of it was in my backpack, but still like 
we were both struggling. Her bike was not great. It's just like rocky, gravelly. It was like three hours, three, four hours grueling. We get there. Friend we were supposed to meet there is leaving. He's like, yeah, I caught a couple fish here. Here you could have one. Fry it up tonight when you stay. Um, good luck, you know, because so, we took forever. And Wait, and how long is the trail to get in there? Oh, it's about three hours on a bike. Yeah. yeah. On a mountain like bike. 20 something K or it's like 30? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I, I go by time. Okay. Which is not Sorry. a very good gauge right. at all. But, and yeah, you called it, I think you called it a road before, but like, no, it's like an ATV trail or like, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's pretty rough. I've only been on the first part of it. But okay. Oh, and it gets worse. Like all these like, like downhill, mm. like really rough. Like your bike is just struggling to, oh, yeah, it's jarring. Yeah. Not fun. Um, let alone with like 50 pounds of like camping gear on your backpack, which throws <laughs> off your whole balance. So we have a good evening. It's all great. But on the way back again, just, you know, relationship tests away. She's fuming, cursing at her bike the whole way. I'm just trying to stay Mr. Positive. Like you're doing great. We're almost there about like every hour. <laughs> and, uh, and right at the end, you know, cherry on the cake, just thunders clouds, lightning, thunder. And then like hail comes down, like painful <laughs> hail, not even just like little, like like you want to get the hell like out owl. of there. Like ow. And you know, I was like elated. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And she did not feel that way. But um, anyway, we bought some pizza on the way home and it was good. And how much longer did that uh, relationship last? Like was that, was that, that's, maybe that's not the question. Maybe was that like a turning point? No, she for passed the, better, the test. For worst. Oh, she passed. For better. She's oh. tough as nails. Okay. okay. Make it through that. Okay. I mean, I guess that's. What would be the alternative to not making it through? I guess you could have turned around partway or something walk like that. Walking the bikes and just, which would have taken longer, but right. probably would have been a lot more pleasant, really. Right. I just, you know, I don't know how to do things differently now. Or I just probably saying. just wouldn't do it. Or just saying like, forget it. I'm turning around. Like this sucks. That would yeah. also be. Yeah. We overestimated our ability or underestimated the difficulty of this, but. Mm-hmm. yeah but i mean the fortunate thing is that the sun was out all night so it wasn't really getting dark by the time we got there yeah it's funny hey because well it's you don't have to take a headlamp usually in the summer for at least a few months actually the other day i went on a trip and i because it's getting so light out i forgot to take my headlamp because i'm like it's summer and i'm like actually it still gets dark at like 9 30 but anyway <laughs> um what about, okay, so this is quite a Yukon thing. Um, you live in a cabin without running water, um, no shower. Um, it's about a half hour drive from Whitehorse, the capital. And um, yeah, like what do you, does that, do you think that's like a part, like, do you think that's a draw for women? Are they like, ooh, cabin in the woods, this is romantic? Or like, has that had any like impact on your dating life? Uh, actually, I need to correct you. I do have a shower now. What? Yeah, it's hanging off a tree. It's like solar heated in this black bag. I can see that. And I tried it out the other day and it was windy and cloudy and cold. And um, when I, I had one of those like fluffy white things, you put your like body gel, body, body oh, wash a, in. like a loofah or like a, yeah, yeah not a loofah or whatever or they're called. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was washing myself, it was actually abrasive because it was frozen. Oh my god, <laughs> It was gosh. so cold. I was dying. <laughs> okay, so... That's hardcore. So also like your shower bag, like there's no, like most like cabin showers, there's at least like a tarp or something and you literally just have like yeah. a solar bag hanging, hanging on out, just through the trees, tree through the window an over there. Stand, and it's yeah. like 10 degrees out, five degrees out and you're showering with like 
lukewarm water. Showering, showering in nature is awesome. <laughs> That's hardcore. So, okay, so you have a shower now. So I have a shower Good. now. Okay, so the ladies are lining up at your door, clearly. <laughs> I don't see I don't them know why through ladies the care. trees. I don't, I don't know where this line is happening. But, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, to answer your question, um, I, it has impacted, I think. You know, some women have been, expl- like, one woman I could think of has been, like, exp- like direct about it, kind of like, you know, I don't think I could ever live in a place like this. And that, to me, is like, okay, so if it's going to go somewhere, um, you know, we couldn't live together in uh, a place like this you do you know, think, for her. Do you see yourselves like living in a cabin long term? Uh, I, I'd always want to have a cabin. Like mm-hmm. it's nice to have like just an outside of town kind of retreat place. But I don't see myself always living this lifestyle, although it really suits me well right now. I like it. The inconveniences aren't that bad for me. But I think, yeah, if you're going to share a space with someone, yeah, probably up the up the house game a little bit there. You also mentioned that uh, I think your family came to visit once, and your brother wasn't that impressed to have to throw up in an outhouse. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, no, he uh, he had way too much whiskey that evening, and uh, and it didn't help that he was in like the equivalent of like a waterbed, like air mattress that you know we shared, and like every time I shuffled around. Like he kind of went up or went down. And so poor guy was just hurting. And yeah, he, uh, yep. That's using the outhouse. If you got to throw up, it's not a good idea. No, but I guess you have to go in the outhouse as opposed to in the woods. Cause it's an animal attractant. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I guess so technically, but we don't get a lot of animals around here other than deer that I've noticed a couple foxes. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, bears do live in these parts, but they don't come around here. There's just too much activity and people don't leave their garbage out anyways. So, mm-hmm. uh, do you have any like parting, uh, wisdom or words for us related to your experience dating in the North that you want to impart? Hmm. I would say that like having integrity and being honest is, you know, in general, a great, like, a great approach to life but in dating i feel like it's especially true because we're talking like people's emotions and feelings of i don't know i mean if you're tied up with feelings of self-worth um from someone else you're probably not in a great place to date anyways but i feel like in a small town you know just having a bit of honor and integrity could go a long way you know like if you can, if it ain't going to work out or you just see it not working out, it's better to be upfront about that. And, um, you know, and don't, don't speak ill of others. I mean, easier said than done. People like gossip. People like to bitch, especially when they've been hurt or rejected and so on. But, you know, it's just too small of a town for that here. Um, this is kind of stepping back, but, um, because, well, like, this is my, my perspective of the Yukon is sort of very outdoor wilderness focused. You're more in the arts and music scene than I am. But um, do you think um, you're a heterosexual man dating women? Are the women different here than in other places? Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, from my experience, yes. But I mean, this is just my experience. Like, I can't generalize, but we, I, we like to generalize. So why not? Um 
yeah, tougher breed of woman up here. Can I use that word? That's yeah. pretty derogatory. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, you're not being literal. No. It's not a breed. No, it's I'm not just talking like about a bitches. Tougher... Um... <laughs> no, it's just like the women are tough up here. <laughs> they are. And I like that. I'm attracted to that kind of independence um, that, that, you know, it, it's scary moving to a place like this. And that's the only way you could be brave. And so I, I admire the courage it takes to move up here. It's so far out there. But there's so much that's rewarding here. And it's actually not as bad as people think. But you still got to get past that initial I think, oh, I'm out here all on my own. But if you happen to know someone, like, you know, can make a few introductions for you, you're in. Like, White Horse is pretty open. I've been places that are just, like, exclusive. People don't want to make new friends. I find up here, most people are very welcoming, very inclusive. You'll find your clique. You'll make your clique. So it's, um, you know, I have several cliques. It's, like, it's a pretty amazing place. So... Anyway, I'm going all over the place here. (laughs) Yeah, the the women here are tough, and I respect that. And I'm not speaking about everybody, but the ones I've met and had the pleasure and privilege to get to know well. All right. Thanks so much for uh, sharing your thoughts and stories. This is awesome. Yeah, thank you, Karen, for having me. My pleasure. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay frisky. Stay frisky. This episode was recorded in Whitehorse, Yukon. Music by Jordan Patrick. I did the producing and editing. Do you want to sponsor us so we can hire a real producer? Or maybe you have feedback or want to be interviewed on this show. Email us, friskynorthof60 at gmail.com. That's friskynorthof60 at gmail.com. Or you can find us on social media. 